I am an American board certified OBGYN, a mom, a Muslim, and I'm talking about sex. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Welcome to the Muslim Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sada Flody. This episode is everything you need to know about preventative health care. Before I get into it, the first thing I want to go over and make very clear is that I'm not giving any kind of medical advice. So if you have any concerns about your health, please speak to your medical provider. And if you have any questions about your religion, feel free to reach out to your religious leader. And this is the Muslim Sex Podcast because I just happen to be a Muslim woman that talks about sex. So let's get into it and get started with preventative health care. Now, the American College of OBGYN states that a woman should have her first visit, or rather I should say her teenager, should have a first visit with a gynecologist between the ages of 13 and 15. And the reason for that is, is that most young girls tend to get their periods around that time. And um, so they'll start to have a little bit of menstrual irregularities at that point, usually the first year of getting your period, the periods can be very irregular. So that's why it's important. But also because usually around that time is when some girls begin to start dating, start experimenting with sex, whether it's just, uh, whether it's oral sex or um, kissing or hugging or some women, uh, some teenage girls even um, decide to experiment with sexual intercourse. So because of those types of you know actions and um, experimenting, it's very important that uh, teenagers get adequate and accurate healthcare information. That's why it's important for them to see their gynecologist, and that gynecologist will speak to them about sexually transmitted infections, and also about uh, puberty and prevention of pregnancy and contraception, and things of that nature. And that's why it's so, so important for the teenagers to see uh, a gynecologist. As um, the teenagers start to uh, get older and come into adulthood, um, when they reach the age of 21, that's typically when we suggest that they get their first pap smear. Now, remember, a pap smear is a screening tool for cervical cancer. And uh, the reason why that's important is because it will let us know whether or not a woman has been exposed to the human papillomavirus. And as we discussed before in one of the previous podcasts, the human papillomavirus is responsible for um, abnormal pap smears and also it can be responsible for uh, genital warts. And so that leads me to the topic of the HPV vaccine. It's so, so important for girls um, and for young boys to get vaccinated against HPV. And it, the reason why that is, is just what I discussed beforehand, is uh, exposure to that vi- virus can lead to abnormal cells on the cervix, which does not necessarily mean that those cells will go to cervical cancer. However, if we can prevent the um, patient from even getting HPV, then that is well worth it. And uh, exposure to the HPV virus can also lead to genital warts. That HPV vaccine is available at the age of, as early as the age of nine, but typically 
most pediatricians will recommend it starting at the age of 11. And um, a woman, a girl, or even a boy can get the vaccine up until the age of 26. So that's why it's important. Um, if that vaccine is started at the age of 11, then they will only need two injections. But if it's started after the age of 15, then um, the adolescent or the teenager actually will need three shots. So it's important that if you have the chance to get that human papillomavirus, it's very important that you go ahead and get it um, for your teenager or your adolescent, okay? Um, and also usually at um, the age of between typically uh, 13 and 17, when they visit the gynecologist, when your um, teenager visits the gynecologist, they will ask them about alcohol use, about screening and counseling, they also screen them for anxiety, you know, definitely we'll take their blood pressure, we'll talk to them about contraception, we'll screen them for depression, and um, can even, um, you know, we'll talk about a healthy diet, activity counseling, and um, also we'll discuss interpersonal and domestic violence screening. Um, also, we'll speak to them about obesity screening and counseling if that's needed, um, and prevention of substance use and substance abuse. So that's why it's important for your teenager to see a gynecologist and or even just a pediatrician if you don't have access to a, a pediatric gynecologist. Um, between the ages of 18, 21, like we discussed, you know, again, it's going to be important to have their first pap smear and also the same thing, right? Be screened for sexually transmitted infections, sexually transmitted diseases. Um, typically at that time, we usually screen for gonorrhea, chlamydia, and that's very important. And also, uh, depending on um, what the individual wants, you know, we can also offer a sexually transmitted infection um, blood screening. For example, you know, we can test for herpes uh, via the blood and syphilis and also hepatitis um, B and C. Any of those uh, diseases we can also check for. So that's why that's important to go to your doctor and be screened. Again, uh, the physician will, you know, do contraceptive counseling, and that's going to be super important to, to go over all the options there are, um, especially in sexually active individuals. Um, and if for some reason they haven't gotten their HPV vaccine, there's still time to go ahead and get that vaccine. Um, between the ages of 22 and 39, same thing. Anytime they go to their gynecologist, you know, we'll screen them for um, any sexually transmitted diseases if they want. We'll do their pap smear. We'll also go ahead and do a breast exam. Now, breast exam is going to be super important to feel for any lumps or bumps or any type of masses that there might be in the breast that they feel. Um, by the age of 40, we typically will recommend uh, mammograms and mammograms are so, so important because of course they will help to detect any type of abnormality in the breast. And the best time to do a self breast exam is right after your menses. That's because your breasts are the least lumpy and bumpy at that time and it's easier to feel. I usually will ask women to um, do it in the shower because 
they can easily lather up their hands and uh, check their full breast and make sure that they're not having any nipple discharge and always to make sure that you're checking underneath the armpit because when cancer spreads, it typically spreads underneath the armpit first. So that's why it's important to do your self-breast exam. And if you reach um, by the age of 40 that you start doing mammograms, it depends on which uh, recommendations you follow, but typically most gynecologists will suggest that you get a mammogram every year after the age of 40. Um, if you have a family history now of breast cancer, then definitely we recommend that you go ahead and start getting mammograms much earlier, usually at the age of 35. And if you have a history of breast cancer, it's also going to be important to know whether or not that breast cancer came about uh, premenopausal or postmenopausal. Premenopausal breast cancer is typically genetic. And if that happens, then, you know, we recommend that you go for genetic testing and make sure you don't have a gene called the BRCA gene, which um, is implicated in genetic breast cancer. So that's why that's important. Also, uh, again, at the age of 40, we do the anxiety screening, we do the domestic uh, violence um, partner screening. We will you know, do a lipid screening. We'll talk about a healthy diet. We'll make sure that uh, we can always check your lipid profile. We can check for diabetes. All of those things that um, you know are done with your general practitioner can also be done with your obstetrician. So if you don't have a general practitioner, you can definitely ask your obstetrician. And if they feel comfortable, they can also do those checks where they check you for diabetes and for cholesterol. Uh, also, as we age, by the age of 50, you will need to get a colonoscopy. And definitely that colonoscopy can even be uh, much earlier if you have a family history of colon cancer. And sometimes there's something called the Lynch syndrome, which is uh, a syndrome that uh, is associated with endometrial or uterine cancer, as well as colon cancer. And if you have that in your family, again, that's a genetic predisposition and you would need to get tested, do genetic testing to see if you had that gene. But if you did, then you're a colonoscopy screening would be scheduled much earlier than at 50 years of age. Um, but if you don't have any history of cancer, of endometrial cancer, uh, which is uterine cancer, or colon cancer, then typically after the age of 50 is when you start to get those colon cancer screenings. And that's very, very important. So make sure you follow up with that. Um, also, during this time, a lot of women start to experience um, hot flashes and night sweats. And as we start to go from transition from perimenopause to menopause, um, you may start to experience those symptoms. And it's definitely, you know, uh, no shame in talking to your provider about um, ways to treat your hot flashes, your night sweats, your mood swings, any of those things that may be um bothering you as you go through the transition into menopause, you know, make sure you discuss with your obstetrician gynecologist as there are modalities to help you alleviate those symptoms. Uh, as we move further along in our lifespan, you know, between the ages of 65 to 75, again, same thing, you know, we'll screen for alcohol use, anxiety screening, blood pressure screening. Uh, typically, of course, at this point, most women have gone through menopause, so there's no need to discuss contraception. Uh, you know, we will discuss fall prevention, uh, 
vitamins such as folic acid and uh, other um, calcium supplements, vitamin D, things of that nature that you would need um, as we age. And actually, calcium is very, very important. I recommend that all women, um, starting from even teenagers, definitely beginning by the age of 18, 19, um, that they, everybody go on calcium supplementation if they're not getting enough calcium in their diet. And typically that's about a thousand milligrams every day. Um, after menopause, we recommend about 1500 milligrams daily, along with vitamin D supplementation for your bones, uh, for prevention of osteopenia and osteoporosis. Also by the age of 65, we start to do osteoporosis screening uh, with usually what we call the bone density scan. And what that is, it's a scan that takes a look at your bones and um, assesses your risk of fracture and uh, what that might mean to you and if what your risk factors are um, for a bone fracture. And of course, we also still screen you for substance abuse and tobacco use um, and urinary incontinence. Now remember, if you are having any problems with... The, holding onto your bladder or leaking urine or leaking urine when you cough, all of those things happen. It can, can definitely happen as we age, but you shouldn't see them as normal. So if you are experiencing any of those symptoms, make sure that you go and see your gynecologist. There are definitely therapies for different, different types of incontinence or loss of urine that women might experience. Um, some are surgical and some are non-surgical. So it's important to go and be evaluated and um, see what your gynecologist recommends for you. And uh, you don't have to live with leaking urine. That's not something that happens, you know, it can happen as we age, but it's not something you have to live with. So important for you to be evaluated and treated if that does happen to you. Um, and greater than age 75, again, you know, all of those similar screenings that we do, you definitely do need, do not, uh, need to have pap smears anymore after, um, you know, after the age of, sometimes people say even after the age of 65, you don't, as long as you've had all normal pap smears, you don't even need any more pap smears. So that's, um, you know, that's going to be important for you to know about. And, uh, you know, again, we'll screen for depression and for alcohol use and uh, make sure that you are doing your breast exams. Never let go of those breast exams. In fact, once you have, you know, I had suggested that you do your breast exam right after your menses. But what if you don't have your menses anymore, right? So what if you're in menopause, then when do you do your breast exam? Well, what I typically say is just to pick one day out of the month, you know, say that your birthday is the 19th the October 19th, say that, let's say that that's your birthday, then um, I would pick the 19th of every month and just go ahead and do your breast exam at that time. And that way, you know that on that particular date of every month, you're going to do your breast exam and make sure that you cover your full breast and, um, and that you do do it and that you'll also get your mammogram done. Sometimes with mammograms, you know, if uh, women have dense breasts, they may need to also get an ultrasound. And uh, so just make sure that you follow up with those things and hopefully, you know, that can detect any type of breast abnormality that, uh, may, that you may develop later on in life. Hopefully you won't, but if you do, you know, early detection is the best uh, modality to prevent um, any type of further disease in terms of breast cancer.
Okay. And also, um, that, that typically is it. So, you know, during the reproductive years is definitely when we do the screening for the sexually transmitted infections, you can be screened every time you go into the gynecologist. If you want, if you want to be screened yearly, if you don't, if you're in a monogamous relationship and um, you don't want to be screened, you know, that's definitely up to you. But during the adolescent years, as well as the teenage years, and typically into uh, women in their 20s, you know, we recommend that you go ahead and get screened for sexually transmitted infections. Um, again, if you're not in a monogamous relationship, definitely always talk to your provider about contraception. There's so many forms of contraception to use, especially if you're not looking to get pregnant. Uh, important to use contraception for both you and um, keeping yourself safe from sexually transmitted infections and also unintended pregnancies. So make sure that you discuss those with your providers. Also, um, immunizations, make sure that you're always up to date with all of your immunizations. You know, we recommend the COVID vaccine as well as um, the HPV vaccine, the hepatitis vaccine, the flu vaccine every year. So just make sure that you're always on top um, of your vaccinations for the best uh, preventative healthcare that you can provide for yourself. Also, um, in terms of, you know, skin cancer, you always want to make sure that at least once a year you go and visit your dermatologist so that you can, they can take a look at the moles on your body to make sure that there isn't anything suspicious. Um, and if there is, then you get a biopsy and, um, you take care of that. So that is it. Um, and it's been real and really intimate. And remember, this is not meant to be any medical, this is not meant to be medical advice. So please see your healthcare provider for any concerns you might have. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Thank you.